You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland after a one-week hiatus over to the Huntington Convention Center for Guards Fest last weekend. Hope you had a chance to make it down on a blustery, snowy Saturday, but a lot of fans did make it down, and, and so too did more than 30 players from the uh, the Guardians roster and their minor league organization, as well as most of the coaching staff, too. It was a great day, a lot of fun. We did our show live on location from the convention center at Guards Fest last weekend and uh, had a great time visiting with Stephen Vogt, Craig Albernez, the, the new bench coach on Stephen Vogt's staff, and also uh, pitchers Sam Hentges, Trevor Steffen, and Tanner Bybee. They all stopped by toward the end, and uh, we had a great time talking baseball. Getting you warmed up here with uh, the offseason starting to wind down now. It's not long before pitchers and catchers officially report to Goodyear, Arizona, right on Valentine's Day, and uh, the full squad not too much after that. And our first game broadcast is the Cactus League opener between the Guardians and the Cincinnati Reds on a Saturday afternoon, February the 24th, with a 3.05 first pitch. Hammy and I will be there at Goodyear Ballpark bringing you all the action and uh, we cannot wait now still some shows though here in northeast ohio to get you to spring training and on this week's show in just a little bit we'll hear from josh naylor we had a chance to catch up with him last week at guards fest and get his thoughts on the season past and what's ahead for this ball club as he's one of the senior leaders on this team now with with only five years in the big leagues under his belt but that's a a leadership role on a very young roster once again we'll also visit with paul hoynes from the cleveland plain dealer and take an inside look at his hall of fame ballot with the uh, hall of famers announced earlier this week the three men going into cooperstown with the voting completed include adrian beltre todd helton and also Joe Maurer. So a really good class, and we'll talk to Oinsey about who he voted for. You can vote for up to 10, and we'll take a look at his ballot and uh, talk some good baseball with him as well. And we will also hear from Penny Forster, who is in the Dominican Republic. She's the director of community impact for the Guardians. A great trip to the hometown of Jose Ramirez took place a couple of weeks back, and uh, she'll fill us in on all the good things happening in uh, South America a big part of what the Guardians do. That is community efforts and initiatives, and they took it to another country, the home country of their star, Jose Ramirez. So we'll hear from her in just a little bit. But as promised, Josh Naylor caught up with us at Guards Fest. And uh, last year, what a year for Naylor. 
hit 308, a career best. Drove in 97 runs, that's a career best. Hit 17 homers and also stole 10 bases to boot. So uh, obviously feeling much better after going through that severe ankle injuries a couple of seasons ago. But uh, Josh was such a, a key part of this ball club, and you really – you almost noticed it more when he was not available in the month of August due to injury when uh, the offense got bogged down and he makes such an impact and figures to, to be in that same spot once again. And he talked about not the numbers that he put up, but where he really experienced some growth a season ago. I think I grew a lot as a leader, um, and I think that helped my game. Uh, I think I, I, I let usually the game take care of itself. I mean, not all days are going to be great. Not all days are going to be bad. So it's just like trying to stay even keeled. Um, I think I managed my emotions a lot better last year. And again, I think all these these little things help attribute to my game um, on the field and performance-wise. So I just I try to grow as a person every year and every day a little bit more and more. Again, I'm, no one's perfect. So I think if we can just understand that no one's perfect and just, just be ourselves and try to be our best self every day, then you'll improve in everything in your life, whether it's baseball or sports in general or whatever field you're in or just, yeah, just you as a person. You mentioned being a better leader may have helped you on the field. How so? How does that work, the, the two of them together? Um, I think if you take yourself out of the equation and you start to look after everyone else and other people, I know that's a lot, but it... it takes the stress off you as an individual um, when you're looking forward to seeing other people's success because when you start to do that I believe and I've experienced it where if you start um, feeding off other people's success and really happy genuinely happy for them then they, it's it, the roles kind of get reversed and they're happy for you and your success so everyone becomes you know as a happy as a team and happy for each individual and I think that's where great teams are built around age-wise you're you're still young um but big league time-wise, it's starting to accumulate for you where you could say, Josh Naylor's a good veteran player. Do you feel like a veteran player at this point in your uh, career? No, not really. Um, I mean, it's a blessing that I have, uh, have the experience that I have and the time that I have. I am forever, great, forever grateful for that. Um, I just try to continue to pass down my knowledge, uh, my experiences, because I think experiences, uh, they tell you a lot about a person and what they've been through and how they're able to express that, um, especially for someone who could have those experiences or get that exposure later in their life or later in their career. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the, for the time I've had so far. You care about all your teammates, but uh, you had a chance to see a young teammate, your brother, really progress in the major leagues a year ago. And as someone who's been down that road and knows how hard it is, what did it mean to you to, to see him overcome some things and really progress nicely? It's awesome. Um, I tell him he, often he's an MVP caliber player. Um, he looked up to Buster Posey as, as a youth and Yadi Merlino, and I told him, like, you can be even better than those guys. Those guys are phenomenal players and phenomenal leaders in their own way, uh, but you're just as good, and, and you have a chance to do something special in this game. So I think um, giving someone those reminders helps uh, helps their mindset a little bit, helps, them, helps ease their mindset in a way where when they start to do things on the field production-wise, um, they start to believe it. Um, and it's my goal as, as, a, as an older brother one and as a leader on this team too to make sure everyone believes they are who they think they are and who they say they are. And it's up to me and others, um, really everyone, to keep, um, keep harping on the positives and keep harping on that they are great in their own way and they do something special in their own way that no one else can kind of copy. So stick with that. You know, understand yourself as a player and as a person and believe in it to the fullest and work your hardest and good things will happen. 
Josh Naylor joining us. Uh, that was interesting a little while ago. You mentioned um, sometimes good teams might have a, a year they're not happy with or a bad year. I don't know if it was a bad year last year, but not where you wanted it to end. Um, what gives you confidence that this year's team can bounce back and, and be the team you think it can be? Uh, just the drive each player has. Um, we kind of got punched in the face a few times last year, and it's, again, things happen. You know, years, certain years don't go as planned as they can, um, but it's up to you to kind of find that fire in you and that um, take that punch and throw a counter punch after that, you know what I mean? Um, it's just we, we, we work hard together and, and we encourage each other. Um, we love this game as a team and we love competing as a team and winning as a team. So I think this year is going to be awesome. Uh, we have a new staff, um, kind of like a whole rebuild on the staff, which is great. And um, we're looking forward to all the, the new experiences and opportunities we all um, go through together as a group and the relationships that are built within each other and getting to know people here and there and then getting to know us as a team. So um, I'm excited for, for this year. Always fun to catch up with Josh Naylor. And uh, in future shows, we'll hear from his brother, Bo, who was also in town for Guards Fest, too. And uh, he figures to be a big key to this year's ball club. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll talk with Penny Forster, the director of Community Impact, about a great trip that the Guardians just completed to the Dominican Republic. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Now the 2-0 pitch. Swung at it, blasted! High, deep to right! This is gone! Can you believe it? At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. It's 40 love here in the third set. And there's the bell! She's coming off the bench hot, looking for a quick knockdown, but wait! She's driving to the hoop! Oh, down goes the champ! Now that's another double fault. She'll be shooting too. The serve is up! And here comes the left hook! She's bundled her home and auto insurance with Progressive. Swish, ace, savings, TKO. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pitch. Swung and drilled the first. It's a fair ball down the right field line and into the corner. Jose Ramirez with a two-run double. What a day for Jose. And he rifled one down the right field line and into the corner. And the soccer song of Jose, 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 Jose is ringing around progressive field. 
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for Baseball Talk on the radio. And just a couple of weeks ago, a contingent of front office folks from the Cleveland Guardians went south of the border down to the Dominican Republic. Guardians Around the Horn, a community trip to the DR in partnership with Eaton. And uh, all kinds of great things going on, including a visit to the hometown of third baseman and MVP candidate perennially Jose Ramirez in his hometown of Bonnie, Dominican Republic. And filling us in on all the details of everything that happened down there, the Director of Community Impact for the Cleveland Guardians, Penny Forster. It was an amazing trip, Rosie. We were there for a week. We took about 10, about 10 of us from the front office from different capacities. Uh, we really wanted to capture content that we'll be sharing with our fans throughout the season. But this was really um, a trip that, had, like you mentioned, did a lot of impact in the, on the island. Um, I think Paul Dolan said it best. You know, we've been taking top talent from the Dominican for a long time, and it's, it's obviously helped in our success. So we want to make sure we're giving back to that country as well. Um, so what we did in partnership with actually Eaton, who is another Northeast Ohio-based company, they have a large footprint in the Dominican. We were down there visiting their plans, visiting all the people that work for them there, but also schools that they've invested in. So it's really important, obviously, for us and for them that education is obviously something we stress with all of the youth that we um, have as part of our programs. They do the same on their end. So we visited schools, we made donations to these schools. One of them will be for supplies and resources that they need. The other is a high school that has a group hoping to make it to a NASA competition in Alabama. They've actually created a Mars rover on their own that they're hoping to compete with at a competition that NASA's holding. So we were excited to do that. And then we visited, like I mentioned, the plants. And then obviously Jose Ramirez is from Bonnie. So he was down there and we went to his hometown to a field that he practices on today that he practiced on when he was little and did a play ball clinic for children of the neighborhood there and children of Eaton's plants, uh, the kids that work or the kids of the parents that work at the plants. And then we also did a play ball clinic at our academy with our new signees the day after they signed. So it's kind of cool to see them their first official day as a guardian. They're doing a community project, they're giving back um, and they're signing their first autographs for 10 and 11 year old RBI kids from the Dominican Republic, which is pretty cool. Tremendous, tremendous stuff. Uh, you mentioned Jose Ramirez and, and visiting mm -hmm. his hometown. Um, we see him here and, and obviously fans know what he does on the field. And, yeah. and last summer, um, Jose Ramirez field was, was mm -hmm. uh, unveiled in uh, just outside of downtown Cleveland. What's it like when you're on his home turf and, and, and you're in his world of, of uh, where he grew up? It's really amazing to see it. I, what shocks me the most, and I should have known this, but the kids in the Dominican Republic baseball is their number one passion. You know, here in Cleveland, a lot of kids, they're playing all kinds of sports. Baseball is just one of the things they love. But down there, baseball truly is the thing every kid is passionate about. So to see that, to see Jose interacting with kids from the neighborhood he grew up in was really cool. Um, he was thrilled that we were there. I think Jose's always stressed that it's important for him not only to give back in Cleveland, but obviously in his hometown of Bonnie as well. So we're trying to do that for him. Um, and he was just thrilled that we were there. He interacted with all the kids. He really gave a really good speech to them about listening to their parents and staying in school and, and how to be successful. Um, and then just had fun. And we gave them equipment, brand new bats, batting helmets, gloves, um, just anything that they could need to, to continue on their quest to become hopefully professional baseball players. Hey, what a, when you give them a, a new 
a new bat or glove yeah. or helmet. What does that mean to them? Maybe based on, on what they've been able to acquire so far before you right. get there. No, you could just tell it's an immediate impact. Most of those kids have probably never received a, new, a brand new piece of equipment in their life. Um, you could tell the coaches were thrilled at what the kids were getting because they're sharing, you know, one bat for a team or one batting helmet for a team. So to have the kids have their own equipment that they could take home and be proud of was really something cool. You mentioned the kids who, who were just signed, and, and many of them mm-hmm. are 16 years of age. Um, yeah. That would be the, the low end, and, and we'll talk with Paul Gillespie in, on a future show but uh, about mm-hmm. some of those signees and, and what they, they could be down the road. But um, right. having them participate in that and maybe fill the fans in on, on what that academy looks like being a, a brand-new facility and what that can mean to a franchise in terms of development. Yeah, it's a beautiful facility. Obviously, it was the first time I've seen it in person. Um, it's really gorgeous. There's a couple fields, obviously a dorm for for the younger kids as they sign. And I think the, the coolest thing was seeing these kids. They've never been asked for their autograph before. And here were 10 and 11-year-olds that are part of the Dominican Republic's RBI program asking them for their autograph for the first time. So you could tell they were as excited as the little kids were to be there and to be a part of it. They're doing their first kind of community act as guardians, which kind of shows them how important giving back is to our organization. And it was just really cool to see them all interacting and um, leading the, the camp clinic, leading the different stations and, and talking to the little kids. So you go down there for a week with uh, mm-hmm. with nine or ten others from from the front office doing doing yep. so many good things down there. Um, when you get back here, um, can you reflect on it and what it how it impacted you and and, and in addition to to how it impacted them down there? I I think for me personally, like I I really didn't know what to expect, right? I'd never been there before. I'd heard stories obviously from others that had, but um, you really see the need as soon as you land. Um, You understand that it's not like, it's not like here, the resources are not the same, especially for the kids. Um, One of the schools that we visited was in a really, really poor community where, you know, the school's in pretty, terrible condition so knowing that we're able to give back but the the level of respect that the kids have for elders is so strong down there and they were also appreciative and happy to see us and meet us and um it was just a really cool exchange of of cultures honestly and just learning more about what is important down there obviously the passion that that entire island has for baseball was really cool to see um and it's something that i think just kind of re-energized me to get started for this upcoming season here and giving back here in cleveland as well and I know there'll be a, a ton of great initiatives happening once the, the season begins and even before the season mm-hmm. begins, too. And, uh, Penny, always great to have you on. I'm glad things went well on, on the trip. I, I know it took a little <laughs> bit to get there and to get home, but uh, everyone's back you know? safely, and, and it sounded like a great time. It, we uh, we miss the heat. It's a little cold now that we're back home, but it, all is well. <laughs> that is Penny Forster doing great work as the Director of Community Impact for the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians around the horn, their community trip to the Dominican Republic in mid-January, and it was a resounding success on so many levels. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come after this.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. seventh inning of game six. No bigger swing in his career and he's put Texas on top again by a run. The one is well hit the right field. Did he get enough of it? He did. Touch him all time. Todd Helton leads off the bottom of the ninth inning with a ball into the Rockies bullpen. High drive, left center field, going back is Bradley, going back is Bradley, it's gone! A walk-off home run for Joe Mauer! How about that? Welcome back to Guardians Weekly and a big week throughout Major League Baseball as it was announced earlier this week. Those who will be heading to Cooperstown this summer as members of the Hall of Fame, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton and Joe Maurer all being selected to baseball's Hall of Fame by via the voting from members of the Baseball Writers Association of America, including our own Paul Hoynes, who has um, penned out a long career with the Cleveland Plain Dealer, now Cleveland.com. And uh, Hoynes, we were talking earlier, it's more than 30 years now that you've been putting together uh, your ballot to send into Cooperstown and um, from when you first started to where you are now, still very much uh, an honor that you take extremely serious? For sure, Rosie. Um, you know, it's it's a privilege to vote for the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, every player on the, on the ballot each year is, is a great player, and uh, they deserve, uh, you know, de- they deserve your attention and as much, a, you know, and as much, uh, you know, as, I guess attention as you can give them. So they've earned it. And, uh, you, you know, you have to, uh, kind of, uh, respect the process, so to speak. And as you go through that process, not everybody, uh, fills out a full ballot. And by that, I mean, selects 10 players. Um, but it seems like you try to do that every year and, and how come for you, uh, from your perspective? Yeah, I, I like to do it, Rosie. Uh, you know, Obviously, you know, 10 players aren't going to get elected to the Hall of Fame. You know, this year's class was three, and that's a big class to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Was four, I guess, with uh, with uh, um, with Jim Leland getting in, you know, from the Veterans Committee. Uh, but uh, that's a big class. So, but I think, you know, you, you, uh, players need like five, 5% of the vote to stay on the ballot. And sometimes you can help a guy stay on the ballot and get more consideration. You know, as, as the years go by, you only, you know, you, a, a player, as long as he gets 5%, can stay on the ballot for 10 years. And we've seen guys, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Burt Blylevin, 
uh, get, you know, make it on his final year of his of uh, eligibility. Uh, Gary Sheffield just came up short this year, uh, you know, on on uh, on his you know his last year of eligibility. Uh, Billy Wagner is going to be uh, just missed by what five votes this year. Next year is going to be his last year of eligibility. So every vote counts. Paul Hoynes joining us from Cleveland.com, longtime baseball writer here in Cleveland and uh, more than 30 years now submitting a ballot for baseball's Hall of Fame. And uh, Hoynes, we always ask you, can we go through step-by-step step on who you voted for? Yeah, sure. All sure. right, well, well, we'll start with um, at the top. Uh, three players got in. We mentioned Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer. You voted for two of the three. Um, Maurer not quite quite on there for you this year. And, and explain what went into the thinking there. Yeah, Rosie, I, I voted for Beltre and Helton. They both got in. I did not vote for Maurer. Uh, I just, uh, you know, we saw him. We've seen him a lot uh, as, you know, the same in the same division with uh, the Guardians, you know, for a, for an, any number of years. Um, I thought that, you know, I, you know, obviously, if he had played his whole career as a catcher, he would have he would have been in, no doubt about it. Uh, but I thought the last five or six years of his career, when he moved to first base because of injuries, he was pretty he was pretty much an ordinary player. So you know that factored into my vote. I thought he would definitely stay on the ballot. I just didn't think he, you know for next year. But I just didn't think he was a first ballot uh, Hall of Famer. Well, you were not alone. He, he just made it in. And, yeah, he uh, just and, made it by the skin of his teeth by four votes. Yeah, so, I, I think a lot of voters were grappling with, with some of the same things that, that you were. Uh, what made Beltre and Helton, though, uh, put them over the top this year for you? Yeah, uh, Beltre was a no-brainer to me. Uh, 3,000 hits, you know, uh, two-time silver slugger, uh, drove in 100 runs seven times, nine-time All-Star, played 27 years, you know, gold glove uh, third baseman, uh, uh, th over 300 stolen bases. Um, so I just uh, uh, I just thought uh, uh, he was definitely uh, definitely a guy that, that uh, you know, deserved it. And Helton, you know, I thought, uh, you know, he, he came close last year. Uh, he, uh, set, he played 17 years, five-time All-Star. And I know, obviously, Coors Field helped him, you know, helped his, uh, you know, his, his, his numbers. But he was just the same, almost the same kind of hitter on the road as he was at home. Uh, and you can't really you – can't, you can't hold where the guy, a guy plays against him, you know. You, if a guy takes advantage of that, fine. But the fact that he, he played just as well on the road, you know, was a big factor for me. Boy, and he made some great points about the challenges when you play for the Rockies of how hard it is to, to hit when you go on the road because uh, the pitches have such different shapes because of the altitude and, and just dealing with, with altitude and non-altitude and what it does to your body. So um, certainly tip of the cap to him for, for his fine career. All right, the guys who didn't make it who were on your ballot, a trio of outfielders who all three, had, maybe someday they they get in. Um, Carlos Beltran, Tori Hunter, and Andrew Jones, who's the one that, that I think may make it. But uh, all three, you think down the road may, might get there or, or still just kind of maybe a little bit off? Andrew Jones, 10-time uh, Gold Glove winner. Um, just, uh, you know, I mean, just a great, just a great player. I mean, he receives, what, 62% of the vote this year. He's in his seventh year. He might make it. 
he might make it, Rosie. Um, uh, uh, and uh, Beltran, you know, really, uh, you know, he epitomized the kind of a leadoff hitter to me. You know, a power, you know, a guy that stole steals bases, hits home runs. I really, I love watching him play. Um, and uh, you know, Tory Hunter, you know, another guy that played a long time, nineteen years, nine Gold Gloves. Uh, you know, just another well-rounded player. Relievers always seem to be tricky. Uh, for the Hall of Fame, um, the value of, of what they do and, and how many saves you need to have and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, boy, two good ones, two battlers, uh, K-Rod and, and Billy Wagner are on your ballot. And it looks like you mentioned earlier, Wagner may make it next season, huh? Yeah, Billy Wagner, what, gives ends up five five votes short of uh, getting into, um, into the Hall. Uh, next year's his final year on the ballot. What seventy four percent of the vote, um, you know, over four hundred saves, uh, you know, just um, you know, really, really a solid, you know, just a, a solid closer. And you know, the guy I, I kind of goes under the radar to me is Francisco Rodriguez, uh, Rosie. I mean, uh, this guy, uh, you know, appeared in ten postseason games. You know, he's fourth fourth all time in saves, four hundred thirty seven saves. He's got more saves than Wagner. But, you know, he, he bounced around a lot. And I think, you know, after that initial success he had with the Angels when they won the World Series in 2002, I think people kind of lost sight of him. But he was, he's been, he was a quality closer for a long time. Two more on, on Paul Hoynes' ballot for the Hall of Fame. And, again, it was uh, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer going into uh, Baseball's Hall that was announced earlier this week. Mark Burley, uh, we were talking earlier about his candidacy and uh, you have some numbers that you find very impressive and make him worthy to be on your ballot, and who knows, maybe in the future uh, make a little more headway. Yeah, another kind of under-the-radar guy, uh, Rosie. Uh, you know, he, he pitched 16 seasons in the big leagues. In 14 of those seasons, he pitched 200 or more innings, and that's unheard of anymore. I mean, you know, organizations don't even let guys pitch 200 innings now. Uh, he, pitched, he threw a no-hitter, he threw a perfect game, five-time all-star and probably uh, one of the best uh, fielding pitchers you know you're going to see what about the remember the play he made when he when he tossed the threw out one of the cleveland runners he, he fielded a ground ball and threw it behind between his legs to first base and got the guy out that that play always sticks in my mind <laughs> kind of sums up uh how just how good he was with the glove and and the last one i, I know we, we talked about it last year and um, it really is a, an unfortunate case because if you just look at, at what he meant, especially to fans here in Cleveland, Omar Vizquel stays on your ballot, but uh, he's got some challenges, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, with uh, Rosie, he um, to me is the best shortstop I've ever seen play on a day-to-day you know basis. Played the most games ever at shortstop, 11-time Gold Glove winner, but uh, you know. If, if not for, you know, the spousal abuse charges and the sexual harassment charges, you know, with the bat boy in uh, when he was playing, when he was ma- managing in the, in the Chicago uh, White Sox uh, minor league system, he'd already be, be in the Hall of Fame. He was, you know, three or four years into his eligibility. He was at 50 percent. Uh, now he's back down. Now he's, he's he went he's down to 17 point 18 percent of the vote right now. Um, you know, he is. You know what is in his uh, 
he's in his seventh year. He's got three more years left, uh, Rosie. But I don't think he's he's going to make it. I, it's just a shame that it happened. You know, you feel you know, and but you know, Omar probably only has himself to blame for it. Well, that, a tough deal for sure, especially for fans here in Cleveland. So uh, another year in the books. Uh, I'll close with this, um, and maybe this happens every year um, because of the debate, and, and it's not a cut-and-dried thing in terms of, of who you should vote for and who you shouldn't. But uh, every once in a while you hear people say, well, they, they need to change the way they do this. Um, but what do you think? Well, how solid is the method of, of balloting and who gets to to vote on potential Hall of Famers as time goes by. Yeah, you know, Rosie, the Hall of Fame, what, in 1936 when when the Hall of Fame opened, you know, they they turned to the Baseball Writers, you know, Association of America to, uh, you know, they put the voting in their hands. Um, and uh, it's, it's remained that way since. I mean, there's been controversy. There's been guys, you know, great players that have been left off. There's been uh, guys that are probably in the Hall of Fame that should be in the Hall of Fame. But it, it's, you know, I think the process isn't perfect, but I think it's it's as good as it gets. Um, you know, the people that, that you know, they, they really, you know, pared the field down that, of, of voters. I mean, I remember when it was, you know, the field was 400 to 500, you know, people that voted on the awards. But, you know, they, they've really uh, kind of regimented that. They've cut it down to, there was, uh, you know, almost, you know, just just under 400 people voted this past, for this for this year's uh, ballot. And I think, you know, I, I'm probably I'm probably prejudiced, but I, I, I like it this way. I, I mean, you know, and if the Hall of Fame wants to change it, they can change it because, you know, they're in charge. The baseball writers aren't in charge. You know, the Hall of Fame asked them to do this. And, uh, you know, and with that, Rosie, you know, we've all we've almost become, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> judge, jury and hangman on this thing. You know, yeah, I, I don't think a lot of voters ever wanted to get into that position, especially with the steroid, you know, the steroid scandal and this and all the players that, well, the, we're starting to, you know, those guys are starting to fall off the ballot now. But, you know, for a long time. You know, the best players in, in baseball weren't getting in because they were linked to steroids. And, you know, and that was, uh, you know, that, that was that landed on the writer's doorstep. And I don't know how many other people would have wanted that uh, responsibility. And I, I'm sure from a, a fan's perspective, I think as long as um, obviously we have you on and, and I think hopefully fans can tell the thought and time you put into it and, and how serious you take it. And I think that's. Uh, for the majority of those in the Baseball Writers Association of America when they come to voting on the Hall of Fame. And, and we always appreciate your insights, Hoinsey, and won't be long now, man. We'll see you out in spring training. Good deal, Rosie. Thanks, man. That's Paul Hoynes from uh, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, longtime baseball writer here in Cleveland and uh, more than 30 years now casting a Hall of Fame ballot. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Mauer going in this season, this summer in Cooperstown. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come after this. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. Top of the seventh looks like a pitching change as they've set up for a corner kick. The two black belts have entered the mat, and the slider is low and away. He heads the ball to midfield. This is quite a kumate. Here comes the roundhouse. Has it got enough gas to get out of here? 
unbelievable. They've bundled their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Kick savings pitch karate. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations. Welcome back. It's our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Jim Rosenhouse along with you on Guardians Weekly as uh, work continues on this ballpark. Full disclosure, we are recording our show on Friday afternoon down at the ballpark. And uh, I'm here along with mainly construction workers as they continue to hammer away and, and try to make sure that uh, everything is taken care of and looking good for opening day. That'll be about the halfway point of the two-year renovation project, but a lot of the fan-facing features will be completed in time for opening day 2024, and uh, they are working hard to get that done, and actually not a bad day to do it on uh, Friday as it was a little bit warmer downtown. Some news and notes before we wrap it up for this week. The Guardians earlier this week extended non-roster invitations to spring training to 12 internal players for this year's spring training in Goodyear. And that brings the non-roster total to 14. And uh, some names that stand out on the pitching front, Franco Alamon, who really put together a fine season, kind of got on that radar a year ago, a hard thrower out of the bullpen. So we'll keep an eye on him. And old friend Anthony Goes, who is coming back from Tommy John surgery, he's scheduled to be in camp as well, along with four other pitchers as non-roster invites. Three catchers will be on hand, including Brian Labastida, who made the opening day roster a couple of seasons ago. And in terms of infielders, Kyle Manzardo, who had that big Arizona Fall League, and uh, certainly high hopes for Manzardo after a, a solid season once he got healthy a season ago. He'll be in Major League Camp as well, along with outfielder Petey Halpin, who uh, was in uh, came over several times, not in Major League Camp, but played in several Major League games a year ago. We'll see him again, a speedy outfielder who's uh, trying to continue his progress towards the Major Leagues. Just some of the 12 who have been invited to Major League Camp next month in Goodyear, Arizona. That's going to do it for our show this week. Until next week, when we join you again, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.